You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beek and I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. I'm also the co-editor of Dunking With Wolves, the Timberwolves site on the Fansided Network. Today's episode of Locked On Wolves is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy weekend. Today on the show, we're talking all things Timberwolves Nuggets, previewing the weekend series for the uh, the Northwest Division rivals, the Denver Nuggets. We're also going to talk some quick Wolves notes here off the top where the Wolves sit in the standings now after about 10 days or so of the regular season. We're going to get to all that on the show today. First of all, though, thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. Remember, Lockdown Wolves is free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube as well as Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all new Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T Wolves and at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. All right, let's go ahead and start with some Tim Wolves notes. And then I want to spend most of the show talking about Wolves Nuggets. That matchup, Nikola Jokic seems 50 50, maybe at best that he plays Saturday. Either way, obviously a difficult game for Minnesota returning home. Uh, to play against the Denver Nuggets, a team that uh, is actually currently a game behind them in the Northwest Division standings. But more on that in a minute. First, though, the uh, the notable news from Thursday, Le- Leandro Balmaro has been assigned to the Iowa Wolves of the G League. Perhaps not really a surprise. Their season's getting underway here soon. And he's only, of course, played in the first game of the season. That was the blowout win over the Rockets. Balmaro played in the fourth quarter of that game and is not part of the rotation. He's probably like the 11th guy in the rotation and the Wolves are playing nine or 10 each game. And uh, I mean, it just makes sense to assign him to the G League. Chris Finch said on Thursday to the media that basically the only reason he's not playing is because of the Wolves' depth, that he has showed enough that he thinks he is ready to play. It's just the Wolves are a deep team. Uh, of course, Josh Okogie didn't even play in Wednesday's win over the Milwaukee Bucks. So Balmaro is a couple of players out of the rotation. And it, it makes sense for him to go to Iowa and get continue to get acclimated to the G League slash NBA style of play, which is obviously a little different than what he experienced in Europe. And uh, we'll see how he does down in Iowa. I'm sure he'll get called up at some point in the not too distant future, but it makes sense to assign him down there and uh, and see how he does with uh, with the Iowa Wolves. So we'll keep an eye on that as well as all the Exhibit 10 players, you know, the four guys who were signed to Iowa um, who were part of training camp for the Wolves, uh, you know, Bowen and, and um, uh, well, actually, and McKinley Wright actually on the two-way contract was just recently assigned to the G League as well. So in addition to him, uh, Bowen, Isaiah Miller, the the point guard, handful of guys that are going to be a lot of fun to watch down in the G League. I believe Chris Silva is still with the team. So we'll keep an eye on the Iowa Wolves throughout the season and talk about them here on the show as their season progresses. Um, also related to the, to the standings currently. So this is through play on Thursday, recording this after all the NBA games finished Thursday evening. The Timberwolves are tied for the third best record in the Western Conference. The Utah Jazz remain are, are the only uh, are the only remaining undefeated team in the NBA. They're 4-0. Nobody else is undefeated. Golden State is 4-1, and there's four 4-1 teams in the Eastern Conference. The Wolves and Mavs are the only 3-1 teams in the Western Conference. So the Wolves and Mavs are actually tied right now for the third best record in the West. 
half game ahead of the Memphis Grizzlies fifth. Of course, it's ridiculous to talk about standings at this point, you know, four to five games into the season, depending on which team you are. But the Wolves are second in point differential in the Western Conference. The Jazz are far and away number one in point differential. Why is that important? Uh, basically a Pythagorean win-loss record, uh, the the point differential can help predict future performance based on, um, and there's obviously some noise there, right? It's not perfect, but for the most part, if you blow more, if you win games by larger margins, obviously you're a better team, right? It's, it's simple math. Uh, there's a lot of luck to close games. Um, and yes, over the course of a certain number of close games, better coaching, better players, better execution, those things do matter. And that's why a lot of times the better team will win in a in a short playoff series. But there's still a lot of randomness, right? And so obviously this early in the season, there's a ton of randomness. But still, for whatever it's worth, the Timberwolves are second in point differential in the Western Conference. The Jazz are a plus 18.3. The Wolves are a plus 5.3. Uh, just a a tenth of a point ahead of the Golden State Warriors, who are plus 5.2 and are 4-1 and one this season. Just lost their first game of the season. They lost to Memphis by three in overtime on Thursday. A big performance by John Morant. The Grizzlies, incidentally, are just a half game behind the Wolves, and they have a, a point differential of just negative 0.6 in the East because it's the East, of course. There's four teams that are 4-1, and one, and there are, geez, uh, like six teams with better point differentials than the second best team in the West, which is the Wolves. So who knows what's going on in the East? A lot of those teams beating up on the Magic, Pistons, and surprisingly the Pacers who stand at one and four in the Eastern Conference. Um, But for the most part, I mean, I guess the biggest surprises through the first 10 days of the season would be uh, the Spurs are one and four, which is a mild surprise. The Clippers are one and three, and the Suns are one and three in the Western Conference with a minus 8.5 point differential. Really significant. The Lakers are two and three, of course, um, and there's a lot going on there with injuries, etc. In the Eastern Conference, the Knicks being four and one is a surprise to me. I think they, I predicted before the season, they'd probably finish under their win loss uh, prediction this year, just because I think they maybe were a little bit ahead last year of where they should have been in terms of their their where they ended up in the season. Ended up at the end of the season. The Bulls are four and one. I took the under on them as well. Charlotte's four and one. Washington's four and one. So you look at the top four in the East: the Knicks, Hornets, Bulls, Wizards. Who was supposed to be in the top? It was supposed to be the Heat. They're three and one, which so I guess they're fifth. The Nets, who are just two and three. The Celtics are two and three. The Sixers are three and two. The Hawks are three and two. So uh, of course, just a game is separating most of those teams from the teams at the top. But still notable that things are, and actually, really, just a, a great snapshot of we're ten games in. Don't get too excited or too upset about what's going on. If you're a Wolves fan, don't get too excited. Although we've seen a lot of positives and the Wolves are trending in the right direction. There's a lot of weirdness going on right now. I don't think the Lakers miss the playoffs in the West. I don't think uh, the Knicks are the one seed in the East when it's all said and done. I don't think the Sixers and Nets miss the playoffs in the East. There's a lot of weird stuff still. Um, that said, it doesn't take away from what the Wolves have done so far this season, going three and one and including, of course, the biggest win by far, so far, beating the Bucks in Milwaukee on Wednesday night. So uh, what I want to do next on the show here today, I want to talk about the Nuggets matchup on Saturday night. The Nuggets scheduled to this point who they've played, also their injury status as a team, what to look for in the matchup, looking back to last year's games against the Nuggets. All that's uh, kind of what I want to spend the rest of the show on is what to expect Saturday night. 
Before we get to all that, though, let's talk about the title sponsors of today's show. And that, of course, is McDonald's. This episode of Locked on Wolves is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Long road trips is actually where my family always goes to McDonald's. If we're traveling in the morning, we'll stop and get sausage egg McMuffins. My wife gets the the Canadian bacon McMuffin. My kids and I love the sausage egg McMuffin. Fantastic. Late nights, working late, uh, we'll pick it. We'll pick up McDoubles from McDonald's, uh, the 24-hour McDonald's that's down the street from our house all the time. It's, it's a, it's a thing that our family is very used to doing and, uh, and any family who, uh, who enjoys delicious food, McDonald's is the place to go. Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and connect. Did somebody say locked on watch party at McDonald's? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm loving it. I feel like I'm getting better at that. The, the more I do it, I feel like it's improving. All right. Next, what I want to do is I want to talk about the, uh, I want to talk about the matchup against the Nuggets. So we're going to hit that next here. Okay. Uh, Wolves Nuggets. So let's look first at who the Nuggets have played to this point in the season. Denver at this point is tuned to it. The point at the time of this recording, they played Dallas Friday night. They've had a weird schedule. So they opened last Wednesday, like the Wolves did. They played last Friday. Then they had a back to back home against Cleveland on Monday of this week at Utah the following night off Wednesday, Thursday, and then a back-to-back Friday, Saturday home for Dallas at Minnesota. So very strange home road, back-to-back home for two days, home game against Dallas. And then they travel up I-35 via the air, via, via plane, of course, but up I-35 to Minnesota to take on the Wolves on Saturday. So Minnesota actually gets Dallas on the second night of a back-to-back, just like they got the Pelicans on that last weekend. So I've talked before about how favorable the Timberwolves schedule is early this season. Not only do they play like six of their first seven at home and outside of the Bucks game and this Nuggets game, it's a fairly easy schedule. Uh, you know, a couple of Clippers games upcoming, obviously they're still good, but no Kawhi. But also consecutive weekends getting a team on on a road back to back where the wolves are at home not playing about have actually having two off nights to prepare is significant um and especially for the nuggets nikola jokic hurt his knee on tuesday against denver got hurt came out at halftime warmed up they it looked like he maybe he could come back in didn't come back into the game he's questionable for friday's game against the mavericks again as of this recording we don't know if he'll play or not i'd be surprised if he plays against dallas just a couple of days after what looked like it could have been a serious knee injury. So at this stage, it's probably 50, 50 at best. He plays against Minnesota Saturday. I think the Wolves have to assume he does play, um, but that will be the big story to this point. The Nuggets opened the season with a 12 point win on the road against the uh, Western defending Western conference champs in the Phoenix suns. Uh, they beat them 110-98 on opening night. And then they played uh, the Spurs at home and beat them by six uh, had two days off, had last weekend off, and then played Cleveland at home and lost to Cleveland by 12. There was the Facunda Compazzo, Ricky Rubio dust up, which was entertaining. And then uh, the back-to-back, they go on the road after losing at home to Cleveland on Monday. They go to Utah and lose by 12 on Tuesday in a game where, again, Jokic didn't play in the second half. 
So they're two and two to this point this season. The Mavericks game Friday night's an ESPN national game. So uh, be sure to check that out if you want to get a look at the Wolves' opponent for Saturday. Again, I'd be surprised if Jokic plays on Friday against the Mavs. Um, so the Nuggets could very well be two and three coming into this game against the Wolves on Saturday night. Uh, so an interesting season for them to this point. Um, in terms of what the Nuggets have done so far this year, uh, so I've talked about their record and, and who they've played against, but to this point, the Nuggets are actually number one in field goal percentage in the league. This is through play on Thursday, but they're last in free throw attempts per game and free throw percentage. They're only attempting 13.3 free throws per game through their four games this season, and they're shooting a hideous 64.2% from the line, which is just shocking, even in four, even in a four-game stretch. That's unbelievable. It's less than two-thirds of your free throws made. It's like a worse than a college team, typically. Um, so we'll see. I mean, again, there's a ton of a ton of noise here. We're four games into the season, but being first in field goal percentage and last in free throw attempts and free throw percentage is interesting. Middle of the pack and three pointers, uh, you know, low middle of the pack, kind of uh, you know, like what nineteenth and three point attempts per game and seventeenth in percentage. They're not a great rebounding team to this point in the season. Now the Wolves haven't been in recent years, and they weren't uh, a couple of times. The win over the Pelicans, they were like a minus sixteen on the glass last weekend. But they rebounded really well against the Bucs. We're a plus six against a solid rebounding Bucs team, even without Giannis, uh, or excuse me, without Brooke Lopez on Wednesday. The Bucs are still a, a good rebounding team. So the Wolves have a chance, especially if Jokic doesn't play, to do really well against the Nuggets on the glass. And that's one of the keys, I think, that we don't talk about enough for the Wolves is can they rebound the ball? In four games, Jokic has a rebound percentage of almost 26%. Towns is like at 13% to this point in the season. Um and uh, outside of him, Aaron, Gor- Aaron Gordon is the only regular member of the rotation with a rebound rate in double figures at 13.4%. Next up is Michael Porter Jr. at 9.3% rebound rate, which is not, I mean, I mean, I guess for the position that Michael Porter Jr. plays in his role, that's fine. But the Nuggets are not a great rebounding team. And, and I mean, that's an area with Jared Vanderbilt playing heavy minutes for the Wolves. They play bigger lineups. The Wolves should do well there. And the Nuggets have been fairly middle of the pack rebounding the ball in recent years anyway. So I think that'll be a key to the game on Saturday is whether or not Jokic plays, the Wolves need to crash the glass like they did against the Bucks. They obviously need to scramble defensively, but also secure possessions and uh, not allow the Nuggets to get significant second chance opportunities. And that's going to be really important to this game. But again, Interesting, interesting look so far this year for the Nuggets. They're also last in turnover percentage. They've turned the ball over a ton. Um, and if Jokic doesn't play, so much of their offense runs through Nikola Jokic, right? I mean, he leads this team in assists. He has for the last couple of years, assist per game, assist rate, whatever, however you want to measure it. He's their assist guy. If he doesn't play, turnovers could be an even bigger issue for the Nuggets. Aaron Gordon has struggled in it when asked to do similar things with the ball in his hands. He's uh, second on the team in, in turnovers. And uh, I mean, Monty Morris is now in the starting lineup with Jamal Murray, of course, still out with the ACL injury, might return later this season, probably late in the year. So he's been pressed from a, from one of the league's better backup point guards into a starting role. What does this offense look like with no Nikola Jokic if he doesn't play Saturday? And even if he does to this point in the season, the Nuggets offense is, um, is bottom five in offensive rating. They're 25th coming, coming into play on Friday. Um, they're top 10 in defensive rating. But again, the offense has been sloppy. It's been a little bit disjointed and they haven't shot the ball. Uh, they haven't gotten to the free throw line very much at all and haven't done too well from outside the arc. So an opportunity for the Wolves um, 
the Pelicans, it would have been great to beat the Pelicans twice if no for no other reason than to get the tiebreaker over the Pelicans to start to accrue wins over teams like Denver, division opponents in the Northwest Division. Denver's, of course, projected to finish in the top two or three in the West. The Wolves are supposed to finish somewhere in the seven to 10 range, right? Um, so the tiebreaker may not matter that much, but we don't know that. And if the Wolves get a chance, we don't know this, but if they get a chance to play with no Jokic on the on the floor for the Nuggets, that's a real opportunity for Minnesota to score a win against a divisional opponent and a, a team where the tiebreaker could end up mattering later in the season. We don't know. Um, I want to talk more about this matchup specifically and also take a peek back at last year's Wolves-Nuggets matchups, what happened in those games next. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I promise you it's delicious. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. There are tons of different flavors to choose from, including new new fall flavors right now at BuiltBar.com. There's a blueberry muffin, which is phenomenal. It's a top three flavor, in my opinion. Paranormal pumpkin, the puffs, those are there too. They're delicious. But if you've never had Built Bar, or even if you have, and you want to try some new flavors, get the mix box. So get two of each of the nine staple flavors at BuiltBar.com. Cherry barcia, coconut, salted caramel, cookies and cream are some of my favorites. Anything with caramel, anything with coconut, honestly. Um, and not only do they taste delicious, but they're also healthy for you. They are protein bars, after all. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein, just 130 to 180 calories per bar, only four to five grams of sugar, and just four to five grams net carbs per bar. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's also talk about betonline.ag. We're back and we're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You can head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball to football, baseball, postseason to NHL, boxing, and UFC, right on down to your favorite Las Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Again, betonline.ag, promo code locked on to receive that 50% welcome bonus. Okay, let's uh, wrap up the show here today by continuing to talk about Wolves Nuggets and take a peek back at last season between the Wolves and Nuggets and what that matchup looked like. So last year, the Wolves and Nuggets only played three times. Remember, it was just a 72-game season. The uh, it, It's kind of weird. They played twice early in the year. And of those two games, the Timberwolves were extremely shorthanded. This was after, remember, the Wolves got off to a 2-0 start. Towns hurts his wrist in game two of the season, late in the victory over the Jazz. Shortly after that, D'Angelo Russell hurts his hamstring. I think it's like two games later. So the first time the Wolves and Nuggets play, it's in Denver. And Minnesota loses by 15. The Wolves starting lineup in this game, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, former Nugget, of course, Jarrett Culver at the three, Juancho Hernan Gomez, former Nugget at the four, and Ed Davis at the five. And uh, key players off the bench, the top three minutes getters were Nas Reed, Anthony Edwards, Jake Lehman, Ricky Rubio was next in minutes, and Jade McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt just played in garbage time. This was, folks, this is, um, what, just over 10 months ago? Just in January of 2021, this was after the calendar turned to 2021, how different this team looks. Edwards coming off the bench, you know, no towns in this game. Uh, 
Jarrett Culver, Wancho Hernan Gomez, Ed Davis in the starting lineup. We talk about how they didn't do much this offseason, but I'll tell you what's not happening this year is Jarrett Culver and Ed Davis and Wancho Hernan Gomez starting for the Minnesota Timberwolves in 2021-22. The Wolves lost this game by 15, and it was actually pretty competitive. They were only down seven at halftime. I remember this was like actually a one-possession game going to the fourth quarter, and the Nuggets put them away. And this was this was actually the game in Target Center. The following game, the very next game, was actually in Pepsi, or well, excuse me, Ball Arena in Denver, uh, formerly Pepsi Center. The Timberwolves lost by seven in that game. Same starting lineup for the Wolves. Uh, we saw a lot more Anthony Edwards. He had 15 points on 19 shots in this game. Rubio came off the bench, played 21 minutes, and was scoreless. The Wolves lost by seven to Denver. And uh, this one was the Nuggets came out and got an early lead in it. The Wolves actually didn't see the Nuggets again at all until the very end of the season. It was the third to last game, May 13th. So the Wolves went from back consecutive games, January 3rd and January 5th, four months later, more than four months later, four months and two weeks later on May 13th, the Timberwolves played the Nuggets at home and lost by 11 to Denver. Of course, Denver was playoff bound. The Wolves obviously were not. The Wolves were close to full strength, though. Of course, D'Lo, Carl Anthony Towns were both healthy. Edwards is in the starting lineup at this point. Ant dropped 29 on 16 shots, four of nine from outside the arc, 29-7 and five. Cat had 20 and 11 with four assists. D'Lo had 17 points in this game. So the Wolves were competitive. Uh, but Denver, Jokic had 31-14 and four. Um, Aaron Gordon had 15. And JaVel McGee, who, of course, is no longer with Denver, had 12 and 13 with for the Nuggets. And this was obviously after Jamal Murray had gotten hurt, torn the ACL. He played in the first two games against the Wolves last year. But this was a game Denver was up double digits at halftime. Minnesota made it close going to the fourth quarter. But then the Nuggets put the Wolves away with some with some uh, solid fourth quarter defense. Towns and Jokic have always played each other fairly evenly. Um, it's it's like a, a bizarro version of the Towns and Bede matchup where they kind of go after each other in a weird way. There's a lot of flailing. There's a lot of complaining to the officials as both the players are wont to do. Although we saw Towns not complain at all on Wednesday against the Bucks. We'll see which Towns shows up on Saturday if that's a, a new, like as uh, as Jim Peterson called it on the Bally Sports North podcast, a Zen version of Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know if that's a thing moving forward or not, but the Towns-Jokic matchup, I hope Jokic plays, honestly. Because first of all, obviously we don't wish injury on anybody. So it'd be great to see Jokic healthy and back on the floor. And also it's just fun to watch Towns and Jokic go at it. Um, Jokic usually gets his and uh, gives Towns some trouble. But I think the the way the Wolves are now playing pick and roll coverage is going to give the Nuggets some pause. It's going to be very different from how Denver's seen the Wolves play them in the past. Blitzing the pick and roll, playing at the level versus drop coverage. And uh, I, I think of any team, though, the Nuggets are one of those teams that could break this fairly well with passers like Jokic and Campazzo, um, Aaron Gordon to some extent as well. Obviously not quite, not anywhere near the level of Jokic, but um, Denver is a team that I think should be able to handle blitzing the pick and roll very well. Now, of course, they are still without, uh, they're still without Jamal Murray, as we know. Um, they do have... Uh, Jamichael Green coming off the bench hasn't played quite as much this season as I would have expected. Same with Austin Rivers. They've kind of got a weird supporting cast. Will Barton is now a starter for them. He used to be kind of their sixth man. Uh, Monty Morris was their backup point guard, was one of the better backup point guards in the league. He's now a starter. Jeff Green's a big part of the rotation. I've never been the biggest Jeff Green fan. It's it's a t- roster full of names that you know, right? They're names that the casual NBA, well, maybe not casual, but the, the semi-casual NBA fan would recognize like, oh, Jeff Green. Yeah. You know, Jamichael Green, Austin Rivers. These are all guys that have been around, right? 
But with no Jamal Murray and with a banged up Nikola Jokic, it's not nearly as fearsome as a team as uh, as one might expect. I still think the Nuggets are probably a top four team in the West, but this is not the Denver Nuggets to necessarily be feared on Saturday. And the Wolves, for all intents and purposes, are full strength and, and knock on wood that, wood that continues moving forward. So this should be a fun matchup. I think it'll be a close game. Um, I, I mean, it could obviously go either way. The Nuggets are going to be favored in this game. The line's not out on betonline.com not out yet on betonline.ag. Of course, Denver plays Friday night. We have no idea if Jokic is going to play Saturday, much less Friday or Friday, much less Saturday. Uh, I think the Nuggets will probably be favored by a few points, three, four points, especially if if Jokic plays. If not, it's probably a lot closer, maybe one and a half or two points on the road against Minnesota. Um, but this is a winnable game for the Wolves, for a full-strength Wolves team coming off a big win against the Bucks, They just got to make sure to not have a letdown. And uh, they shouldn't be looking ahead, right? The schedule's not super difficult for Minnesota moving forward. They get another day off on Sunday and then have Orlando at home Monday before. Honestly, I think the Denver game is one the Wolves should be able to put all their horses out there, play really hard, win the game. Maybe Orlando's the game that they look past to the two games against the Clippers next week. But they should be locked in to play Denver. If they can beat Milwaukee on the road, Denver at home twice in consecutive games, you know, on Monday when we talk about power rankings from the weekend— the Wolves are going to be in the top 16 in the league if they're four and one with wins against Milwaukee and Denver this week. This would be a fun win if the Wolves could manage to, to pull it out against Denver. This is an 8 p.m. tip, by the way, on Saturday. So we'll actually be, uh, after the show, we will have the postgame pod on the weekend. So late Saturday into early Sunday, pay attention, make sure you're, you're following and subscribed to the show. We will have a postgame pod even on the weekend. A reminder uh, that you can listen anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's also, Lockdown Wolves is also free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And thank you also for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen each and every day. A quick reminder, you can follow on Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course, the all-new audio. Odyssey app. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves and my account at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Again, post-game pod Saturday. Be sure to be listening to that. Our last reminder that Locked on Wolves is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked on Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.